Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's start the countdown! 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The 90s, grunge, techno, oasis versus blur, girl power, long stays at number one, was there a genre of music that defined the decade? I don't know, but there were some amazing songs in the 90s. We are here to sort them out. Here is special guest Ross with 10 90s music facts. Hello, thank you, Pabo. So, um, first fact is Wonderwall originally had a different title. The infamous Oasis song's original title was actually Wishing Stone, written by Noel Gallagher, who said that it's about an imaginary friend who's going to come and save you from yourself. Nirvana's Smells Like Clean Spirit got its title from a deodorant. (laughs) (laughs) The Verve didn't make a penny from 1997's Bittersweet Symphony for 22 years, having to forfeit royalties. Oops. Carry on. What happened there? (laughs) I thought that was the end of the fact. Sorry, I didn't realise there was another bit. Carry on. We'll leave that fact. We'll leave that fact where it was. Um, Weezer recalled, released Buddy Holly on the day that would have been the legendary singer-songwriter's 58th birthday in 1994. Uh, Elton John re-recorded Candle in the Wind to honour Princess Diana in 97, but the only performed that song once at her funeral, despite repeated requests. A Baby One More Time was not originally written for Britney Spears. Originally, it was written for the Backstreet Boys. Uh, Mariah Carey had 14 number one singles on the Billboard Hot 100s in the 1990s. And although All I Want for Christmas was pipped to number one by E17 Stay Another Day, it eventually reached number one 26 years later in December 2020. Uh, Number eight, Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice wasn't supposed to be a hit. It was originally a B-side, and the song only caught on when a radio DJ played it in Georgia in the USA. Somebody. (laughs) 
<laughs> Number nine, Zombie, was a protest song. The Cranberries song was written about the 93 IRA bombing in Warrington. Everybody needs the bosom, everybody needs the bosom. Is that it? And the last... Oh, one more. Uh, no, one more. <clears throat> uh, the members of Criss Cross were very young when they recorded Jump. They were only 12 and 13 when they recorded the song in 91, and it was the fastest-selling single in 15 years. Oh, we got there in the end, Ross. Well done. And that is the top ten. That is the top ten. Wonderful. Ladies and gentlemen, it's top ten 90s songs. Thank you. Bro. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> it's going well. I feel it's going well. <laughs> I feel it's going really well. Uh, right, so first of all, let's get it out of the way. Thank you very much, Ross. Ross is stepping in for Neil for the next few weeks. Um, so thank you very much uh, for that, Ross. You can't no say anything. That's right. Yes, you can. <laughs> My it, pleasure. It, 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 it is an audio uh, medium, so you can you can talk. That's fine. Um, and uh, I do believe that um, that Neil will be back in a few weeks' time. So thank you very much, Neil, for you know getting yourself and not breaking any more bones. Thank you. Bless your heart. Well done, um, Neil. Good luck. Yes, Good work. indeed. Um, our guest this week is a is a top head which we've now thank you robin for that uh for for penning that phrase ladies and gentlemen please welcome maria hola hello oh it's wonderful to, to finally speak to you properly maria how are you uh i'm well i am uh just finishing up my work day and so i'm just kind of winding down i've got my cuppa in my favorite cup nice nice <laughs> It says A B C D E F U C K for those of you who are. Well, of course, yes, that's what yes, of course. <laughs> right now, now with your dulcet tones, I can I can detect a small little twang of a of a accent there. Um, but I believe you are in the UK. That's right, I isn't am. it? But I you're am. not from the UK. Oh no, I am not. Uh, we're living. So my husband's in the army, and uh, we had the very lovely fortune of getting stationed here in the United Kingdom. So we're, we are, um, I don't know how you separate regions, but East Anglia. So we're in St. Ives, Cambridgeshire. Right. And different counties. Yeah. 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 And so it's, it's quite nice. Uh, I like it a lot. It's, uh, a bit of a departure, but I'm glad that there's at least somewhat of a shared language. Right, right. So where are you from originally? <laughs> I'm from Arizona originally. Right, okay. So I spent my time, like a lot of the teabaggers um, that are all listeners, I spent a lot of my time between Los Angeles, which most of them are from, I'm not, um, or Arizona. So my dad's from Los Angeles, and so I would bounce between those two locations quite a bit. Okay, and if any, if this is anyone's first top ten episode teabaggers are <laughs> that's the fan <laughs> name for a cup of tea and a chat podcast which you would have heard in a previous episode which was my number one podcast of all time so just for clarification <laughs> there we don't get get on it's no. not euphemistic no it's yeah. not as much as you would hope it was ross but there you go <laughs> i can think of nothing else indeed well we're here to work out our top 10 90s songs so now maria are you a uh, are you a girl of the 90s? Is the 90s your decade? Is that the decade that you define as your favourite one for music? You know, so I'm going to be, I'll be turning 39 this year. And so I 
probably I was starting to grow up and really start to notice music in the 90s. And so it kind of runs the gamut of stuff that I was shown. And this is also the decade where I started figuring out what my own personal tastes were. So right. I don't know if I would call it my favorite specifically, but I have a lot of really heavy nostalgia attached to the 90s. Right. What about you, Ross? For me, I was uh, born in 81, so I was between 9 and 19. So I've got a very young child uh, at the start of the decade at university or heading to university at the end of the decade. So quite a broad range of tastes developed through that. Um, Yeah, and, you know, when I was younger, it was like being in the Scouts and, I don't know, doing kid things. So, that you know, you're just into lame, lame stuff that, I know, Elvis and stuff that my dad had kind of got me listening to and Robson and Jerome up on the roof. But uh, it developed a little bit over the over the decade. So you've already told us who you're, what your number one is then. That's, what That's right, yeah, up on the roof. Yeah. Up on the roof, okay. <laughs> um, I did put in, my, in the show notes for the blurb for this episode that this, for me, is the last great decade of music. Because when you start getting into the 2000s, it was music that I had no idea what it was, a lot of the stuff. I think yeah. that's just age because I'm, I'm obviously I'm I'm the granddaddy when it comes to this group of people here, which sounds very very weird. I shouldn't have said that at, <laughs> at all. Anyway, let's crack on. Maria, give us your number ten, then please. All right. So this one has a lot of heavy attachment to it. So my dad um, is a what I suppose you would call a lorry driver um, on this side of the pond. So. He, I spent a lot of time, uh, he's still doing it. He's actually, Bean and I, both of our dads were born in the same year. So 1938, which is okay. crazy. He could be my brother. <laughs> um, but uh, it's Johnny Cash, I've Been Everywhere, which was off of his American Recordings, the second album that came out in 1996. And it's okay. not necessarily like his specifically greatest song, because I fucking love Johnny Cash. And yeah. I will tell anybody who will listen, but... Um, it's it's just one that I always attach to, you know, spending time with my dad and driving from yeah. California to Texas and back. So, is, I, I mean, I, I must admit, I'm not a... I know the big Johnny Cash songs, and that's probably about it. Mm. Is this one that was a massive hit for him, or...? No. No, and it's actually a cover. So, I mean, honestly, a lot of country music was covered and covered and covered and covered back in the day. And so this was not even his song. Sorry if you could hear my dog. Um, (laughs) Paying a lot of attention there. He's got opinions. Um, It's not necessarily like his most popular, um, you know, outside of like Ring of Fire and Hurt, which is now his song. Um, But it's just one that I really love. Yeah. Okay. I call John- my dad the everywhere man because he's literally been everywhere. Nice, nice. Ross, are you a Johnny Cash fan? Yeah, I, well, I, I only have American 4, I think, which is the one with her and uh, the Tolson, Folsom Prison and the, uh, what's the train one? I can't remember the name of the song, but Train's Gonna Run Away. Oh, gosh, there's so many. Yeah. But that album, which is uh, was great, I just I love that. But that's the only album I've got actually, so it's my favourite by by <laughs> by definition. <laughs> yeah, I, like I say, I I only know the hits. I feel like he's one of those guys. Every song I've ever heard of his, I like, but I've never mm. really done a deep dive into 
the rest of his stuff, which I think I should really. I I'm thought very of you. Lazy. I thought of you because you you had mentioned liking Elvis um, quite a bit, and in one of your previous podcasts, and mm. the last cross country trip that I had done across the U.S., we stopped in Memphis at Sun Studios. Oh, really? And I got to stop and wander around and see where he and Elvis and Carl Perkins and all of them recorded. It was amazing. Wow. Be, to stand in a room like that, it must be, I mean, if, if, if the walls could talk, isn't it? Just, oh my God. It was amazing. I just, yeah. I wish I could have spent more time there, but it mm. was so worth the 2,000 plus miles that I drove that that time. <laughs> I can imagine going to like... I've, I've, I've got well. great, yeah, I've got a great deal of stock in being able to stand on the same piece of floor or touch the same thing that someone else could have touched to you revere i'm going metal detecting at the weekend and the thought of picking up a coin that you know was from charles the first time or something like that and knowing that that's several hundred years old and you're touching it after someone from that time touched it so that kind of being in the same place must have been pretty pretty emotional oh yes absolutely we need to get on building that time machine ross don't we so that we can go back in time absolutely uh go on then ross you're number 10 uh, my number 10 is uh, the first, or it was the song that made me buy my first ever album on cassette for £13 in 93. It was a uh, meatloaf and I'd do anything for love, but I won't do that. Wow. I mean, that's a that's an epic, that was. Yeah, yeah. So I bought that album um, and then just listened to that quite a bit. I, had, I think I had three albums, that one, Elvis Essential Hits and <laughs> Wuppers and Jerome. And uh, no one rotate in my tape player. Uh, Maria, do you know who Robson and Jerome are? Only, hmm. only via um, panel show references, you know. But I don't personally. I have no connection. I mean, Jerome, Jerome Flynn is someone. He was in uh, Game of Thrones, wasn't he? Jerome Flynn. Okay. Yeah, okay. he was. Uh, I don't know if you're a Game of Thrones fan at all, Maria. We started to watch it. My husband read the books and he's like, fuck this. I don't want to watch it. I was like, okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> you saved yourself a lot of heartache there with the last series of it. I will, I will give you that. It's a very good show until like the last couple of episodes where it really shit the bed. It really did. But let's oh. not go down. Let's not go down. Have you watched it, Ross? Have you watched Game of Thrones or have I ruined it for I've you? Got, I've got the first five series and I've watched um, about four or five episodes of the first series and I haven't been able to get any further yet. Oh, really? But um, I have enjoyed I have enjoyed them as I've watched them, but it's just attention, got to pay attention to it as you're watching. You do. And it's a bit like Lord of the Rings. There's all these different names that are thrown at you and you don't know whether they're character names or place names. And it, and it, it does take a while to get used to it. But yeah. this is me and I'm a Star Wars fan, but there's nothing but blinking the block <laughs> is going to bongadiboo and all that kind of stuff. So, um, But yeah, okay. so Robson, uh, Jerome Flynn's in that, is he? Jerome Flynn, yeah, he's, I don't know what the name of his character, I think, I don't know what his name of his character is, I'm not even going to try and make a character name up, but he's a sort of goodie that's a baddie. I suppose um, Robson and Jerome are most famous for singing Unchained Melody. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they were, they were a massive duo, but they sang nothing but cover versions in the 90s and sold millions and millions of records. But they were both actors. They were originally in a TV show. Simon Calvin. Yeah. Originally in a TV show called Soldier Soldier. That was the original show that they were yeah. both, both put together for. Um, okay. My number 10 uh, is Crazy by Aerosmith. Um, 
I, I, I'm again. You'll anyone's heard any of the musical episodes that we've done. Vanilla is my middle name when it comes to musical taste. I've said it a million <laughs> times. As you'll find out, I've got mainly sort of soppy songs on my top ten because that's my jam. That's, that's what mm. makes the world go round. But they, I think it was, um, what was the song from Armageddon? I Don't Want to Miss a Thing was the one. I mean, I didn't realise that they'd been going for like 40 years before that. Well, maybe not 40 years. I'd put them in the 50s, wouldn't it? No. 70s, I think they started, didn't they? In six, late 60s, early 70s. Oh, it couldn't have been. It had to have been late 70s, if anything. Was it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, because the I very mean, first time I remember was Run DMC and yeah. Walk This Way, which was mid-80s, I think, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you know, God, what is his name? He's old, but he's not that. He's not quite there. Steven Tyler. You know? Steven Tyler. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, he's, he's gone into looking like your aunt now. Like that, <laughs> that cool aunt. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. I mean, but he's still got an amazing voice. That's the one thing. There's a lot of these oh, singers yeah. where their voices are now failing them. But he's been rocking for, even if we say 70s, that's yeah. nearly 50 years. And his voice is still like crazy. Oh, because the song's called crazy (laughs) it's all circular see it's uh, this all rhymes um but yeah that's my that's my number 10 okay then maria your number nine then please my number nine is definitely one that i would classify as one that i found for myself you know because there's kind of the the mix between like you know growing up in the 90s the early 90s i had impressions from family and whatnot and this one is one i found for myself and that was uh stupid girl by garbage okay that's a that's a band that seemed to i think were a lot bigger in america than they were in the uk yeah. i seem to find i think so i you know i really struggled because i it was between that or no doubt you know which i love but i just I love Shirley Manson and Butch Vig as a drummer and a producer is just, he's such a cool person. And so factoring all of that, it had to be garbage over no doubt. Okay. I mean, you could have had both. I mean, I could have. I completely forgot about no doubt. (laughs) What? No doubt. You forgot about them. Come on, Ross. I mean, then I forgot about no Robson and Jerome. They may have well been in my top 10. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It is weird. I always find that like bands like Depeche Mode seem to be, Mm bigger in america than i mean they're, they're big over here obviously but i don't think there's any one of my american my new american friends now that say anything bad about someone like depeche mode and same with garbage it always seems to be one of those is it because their band name is americanized it's what it, you know we call it rubbish i mean possibly well because you know what is it the bulk of the performers are from the u.s Scot- scotland oh, well, oh, is it? oh no, shirley no, manson shirley manson is oh the rest yeah of she oh, is right well, Butch Viggs is, is from Wisconsin right. in the United States. And so I don't know if the rest of, I, I don't know if the rest of the bandmates are also from the States. So that could be part of it. He also had like a production company in Wisconsin. So he may have already had the contacts in the States over, you know, in the UK, but. Yeah. So maybe I'm thinking of them as a, a British band when actually they're mm-hmm. American. Could be. There you go. Go on then, Ross, you're number nine. Uh, number nine is uh, Zombie, which I mentioned in my uh, one of my facts by the Cranberries. Uh, I don't have any real association with it beside it just being a great song. I think that's that's why I've got it there. I was trying to think of another song. What was another one of their hits? The Linger. Cranberries. Linger. That's the one. 
See, yeah, Link was on um, the Music of the Millennium compilation as well. No, oh, they're right. great. I love her. She, her voice was just phenomenal. Yeah, that's one of the voices where as soon as you hear it, you know who it is. That's not a voice that is easily um, mm -mm. duplicated, is it? Mm -mm. Yeah. Not at all. Another one that's left us as well. Another one that's left us. That's a good one, though, Ross. Well done. Although I, I'm personally... Thanks very much. Personally, I'd have had Linger instead of this one, I must admit. Oh, my God. What a great <laughs> song. I just realised what a great song Linger is. <laughs> it wasn't in my top ten. Okay. No, that's a good one. Well done, Ross. Double points. Thank you very much. Uh, that's okay. Yes. I've, I've lost my top ten. Where'd my top ten go? Oh, there it is. Right. Okay. My number ten. Right. So I was talking just a second ago about... Um, artists that have lost their voices now john bon jovi is one of those people that has has just like bless him john i just think you need to take your money and just just go off into the hills somewhere and uh and enjoy your money um but keep the faith was the song that um i, I wasn't really a big bon jovi fan until this song and they sort of changed their image a little bit they went from being like one of these hair rock bands into just doing some like really good stuff and that album mm -hmm. keep the faith and everything sort of the next two or three out these days i think was the album after john bon jovi changed his haircut he had quite this sort of almost a rachel from friends kind of kind of look <laughs> but some of the Started songs dating they, david swimmer he may well have been <laughs> i don't know he may well have been but this was a song that was like a real departure from their kind of sound and it was just a fantastic it, Typical sort of anthem for a stadium. And there's some great songs on the Keep the Faith album um, and these days as well. It's just, again, it's a shame where his voice has gone now. But that's the thing I don't understand, though. You've got someone like Steven Tyler, who's been probably singing for 10 years more than Bon Jovi, still can warble them out and screech out those notes. But if you've watched any of John Bon Jovi live from like last year, it's, yeah. it's embarrassing. I feel really, I do feel sorry for him. But, you know, time's time, John, sometimes, you know. I don't know. Bon Jovi fans, Maria? I, eh, sort of. That was kind of, you know. Nah. I'd, I'd listen to some top 40 type music, which is what he would have been in. But yeah. I definitely gravitate more towards, like, angsty slash angry. Right, okay. <laughs> so it doesn't quite hit my radar. Mm. And, and I take it from that look on your face, Ross, that is a no from you. It's a no from me. Yeah, any any uh, any artist you can do air guitar to, um, <laughs> immediately fall into a camp of I don't want to care to listen to. Um, maybe from drunk nights out and people just constantly jumping around and doing air guitar, it just puts me off. So yeah, that's fair enough. If only all the arguments in the world could be sorted out <laughs> that easily. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, not going to get me a job as a journalist on music, but but it's what you like, isn't it? That's the thing. Um, okay, then Maria, your number eight, please. Yeah. Okay, so my number eight is it's from a band called Bad Religion. Um, they're a punk rock band out of Southern California, and the song is American Jesus. And so, you know, it's kind of falling in line with like that angsty, screamy type stuff. Um, they're very political and they're, they, they have a lot of social commentary. The lead singer has a PhD in zoology and he has all these different books written, but it's just a really cool song. 
I think. And it kind of, I don't want to, it doesn't take the piss because that's usually what that's making, that's lighthearted ribbing. So it's not that it's like a pointed commentary on how the United States views themselves as like, you know, Mm, praised by God, essentially, or something, and we're really not. And so I I really love that. So that's one of my favorites of them. That's another band that I hear a lot of American people like <clears throat> saying how great they are. If you wanted to go into something like Bad Religion from an entry level, what would be the best sort of album or songs to listen to? It would be the album. I, I would personally suggest uh, the process of belief from the 2000 from it was released 2002, specifically the song called Sorrow, because it's not particularly screamy, but it's got um, Greg Graffin, who's the lead singer of Bad Religion, has a phenomenal voice, particularly for a punk rock band. Mm. Um, and that that song especially is really quite good. OK, uh, Ross, have you heard mm. of Bad Religion? <laughs> I'm afraid I haven't, no. I will check them out, though. Sounds I think good. you should. While you're out doing your um, metal detecting <laughs> next week, <laughs> do metal yes, detecting absolutely. and listen to some metal. I mean, would you class Bad, bad Religion as metal? Uh, they're more punk rock. Punk rock. Yeah. I mean, at this point, it's just various flavors of rock, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they've been around since the early 80s, early to mid 80s. Wow. And so they've, they've got quite the discography. I must admit, it was the thing what dawned on me. One of the songs I had was like from 30 years ago. And then you don't realize that the 90s was like three decades ago. That's the, the, the shocking yeah. thing more than yeah. anything else. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, I mean, I'm older than everybody here. So it makes me feel old. But like, well, I suppose with Ross, one of the songs might have been from when he was nine. Can you imagine a nine year old Ross? <laughs> <laughs> I had the same hairline. <laughs> same, uh, my biceps were the same uh, girth as well. Were they? <laughs> Ross, whatever you do in the next couple of episodes, I would never ever say the word girth. <laughs> Can you please just never ever say that in my, in my company again? Sure. Um, go on then, Ross, you're number eight, please. Um, number eight. Uh, well, I've only got, hang on a minute, one, two, three, four, five. Oh, I've, I've, got, I've got two number fives and a six and a seven, but no eight. Okay, of number, number eight. Is uh, Paul, number eight is Porcelain by Moby, which mm. came out in 99. Um, it was only released as a single in 2000, but it was on play, uh, which came out in 99, so I'm counting it. Okay, these are one of the Obviously. songs. I mean, Maria, you a fan of this? I had that same album. It was a really good album. Moby is... I So I teach yoga, and which I just noticed that apparently I logged in under my work zoom but whatever um but i teach yoga and so i classify him now as like that music that you could put in the background to teach a yoga class or let it let it kind of sit in the background that you could either focus on or ignore and it's just really nice ambiance yeah yeah i've had this conversation with neil before moby seems to be now is moby cool is moby what you would class as a cool act or a, or is he somebody that is sort of like now not thought of that or was he ever thought of being like a cool i mean his his music was used in clubs and mixed with so many other other pieces of music so i think probably he was yeah i don't know about now but um he he, the the album that came out afterwards 18 had some really great tracks on it as well 
Then there was a really ambient one called Hotel, which had two discs. One was vocal and one was just music, instrumental. Um, that was great. And um, yeah, there's nothing I've bought of his I haven't really enjoyed. Yeah, I don't think I know. I think I know a lot <laughs> of his stuff, but I don't realise it's him, if yeah. that makes sense. You, so, that would make sense because a lot of his stuff has been used. I don't know about in the UK, but in the US, a lot of his stuff has been used in marketing. So you'd see him in commercials and stuff. Right. Or in in um, movie soundtracks. Right. So I'd probably listen to a song and go, oh, that's the sausage yeah. song. Why I chose yeah, exactly. sausage. But you know what I mean? I mean, that would be the song on the sausage advert. Which is funny because he's vegan. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Sorry, Moby, if you're listening to this. I can just imagine him there with his with his podcast provider listening, going, I hope I'm in the top 10 90s songs, and I mentioned sausage. <laughs> well, he is. He is. So. I'm sorry, Moby. I am really, really sorry. Okay, my number eight. Um, I don't know whether any of you guys have got one of the, the these people's songs in your top 10, but I haven't chosen the one that would normally go in. What a terrible way of saying that it's The Drugs Don't Work by The Verve. Now, a lot of people would have Bittersweet Symphony. Um, but for me, this is one of the most beautiful songs ever. Um, and I think, well, I had I got Richard Ashcroft's first solo album, and there's some great, great songs on there as well, which remind me of, of this. But I preferred the more... I don't know why I don't like Bittersweet Symphony. I don't know why that specific song I don't like, but Lucky Man and Sonnet was another one from this album. But this is a beautiful song. I don't know if you guys are the Verve uh, fans, uh, Maria. I, yeah, I like. I I do like the Verve. Uh, I mean, for me, they were kind of one hit wonderish. So I only know Bittersweet Sym- yeah. Symphony, but I enjoy it quite a bit. I would I would recommend. Same. I mean, this is this is a very emotional song. But uh, Lucky Man and Sonnet, uh, which are both really good songs as well from the album, uh, Ross. Yeah, no, I like them. Um, again, I, I think exactly the same there. It's, it, it, the bit, Bittersweet Symphony is the one I know. And then I've, obviously this one that's playing now, I, I know it. But it wouldn't have come to mind if you'd have said the verb to me straight away. It would have been the first one. Yeah, that's but fair enough. I do um, like them, yeah. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Maria, your number seven, please. My number seven, uh, speaking of screaming, uh, is... Nirvana breed. So much like yourself, you know, I you were saying you, you're not sure why you don't care for Bittersweet Symphony and you prefer the other. I like Smells Like Teen Spirit. And fun fact, when I was a teenager, I did have that deodorant, Teen Spirit. Yes. But uh, <laughs> I was hoping one of you would. Yeah, like I, <laughs> you know, I don't think I remember the smell, but, but yeah, um, Breed by Nirvana is my favorite. That just like that opening drum that. Dave Grohl just is one of my favorite people of all time, but that song just, ah, I don't know. All the gestures I'm making don't work for audio, but that's just <laughs> kind of like that, that feeling that you, that you get. Oh, I fucking love that song. I'll tell you what, it's, it just shows my character in that I've never listened to like a Nirvana album. I've n- I don't know. The amount of music that I'm probably missing out on that is probably life-changing is crazy when I think of all the stuff that I haven't listened to. Well, have you heard his cover from the Unplugged album of The Man Who Sold the World? Um, only because somebody put that on as mm. like one of their top top ten covers, yeah. I almost picked a cover from that album, from that 
un, that unplugged session called Where Did You Sleep Last Night, which is a cover of um, Lead Belly, which is an old, old Americana um, slash country music singer from, you know, the late 1800s. Right. It's so good. You have to listen to it. It'll just it'll just make you tingle. Right. Thing. But like <laughs> it, it'll it will. It just it will. It's such One a good of my song. favorite things to do is to tingle. So yeah, <laughs> it's a lovely sensation. Yeah. Well, if nice. that kind of music is going to make me tingle, maybe I should I should <laughs> listen to it at home and not listen to it at work because I really I just can't afford another court case. I really can. <laughs> so we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll go with that. Okay, we'll add that to the list. Um, Ross, your number seven, then please. Uh, Road Rage by Catatonia. Uh, can you do it in the proper way? Because I can't roll my R's. Can you roll your R's, Ross? No, I have to kind of, um, I have to kind of go brrr to, yeah. to get to get into the. But then I can't go from the having started with the brrr to get into the brrr back right. to what I wanted to actually pronounce. So no, I can't. Can. Answer. Maria, can you <laughs> roll your R's? I can. Um, what's this? Roar rage. There you go. See, and I. How do you do it? I I, the way I do it is I get like a a, a ball of phlegm in my back throat because I don't do my don't use my tongue at all. Ding. Mm. I get a ball of phlegm in the back of my throat. Ding. <laughs> I'm just going to add one. I'm literally gargling when I'm doing it. Road rage. That's, I can't. How do you do it, Maria? What, that, what? That feeds right back into that whole teabagger conversation. <laughs> um so i speak spanish um Uh, i actually yeah i uh, i'm a very very light-skinned mexican um so i grew up speaking spanish so that's kind of in my just in my dna as it is i i will tell you i cannot say certain things in french though one of the ones that tripped me up was trying to say airport because they say like there's like that at the back of your throat speaking of yeah i'll be good at that then (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it's it's the tip of the tongue so it's i bring the tongue to right just to the back of your teeth and just (laughs) (laughs) you can't i don't think you can spat all over my computer (laughs) it went everywhere Oh my god, uh, that was half of my lunch now, I think. Oh, so for anyway. the for the audio listeners, this is um a mess. Probably your, your lucky day not seeing this <laughs> yes, bit. Yes, yes. So go on there, Ross, why this song? Oh, I, it's um it's just a song that was it was in nineteen ninety eight, I think it came out. Um it just reminded me of it reminds me of school. Going home on a Friday, you know, as you would go to the library with your parents and then home to do your maths homework and you'd watch 999 Lifesavers with Michael Burke, obviously. As everybody did. And then, everybody did. Yeah. yeah, and there was Games Master and TFI Friday and Father Ted on later. And it, it's that whole just ball of, I don't know, Britpop and Chris Evans and and Catatonia, Top of the Pops. And, and uh, uh, yeah, I just love the song. It's, it's very nostalgic. A lot of mine are actually going up as well. Yeah, Keris Matthews, wasn't it? Uh, Keris Matthews? It was, yeah. 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 Good tune. Yeah. She did a duet with Tom Jones, didn't she? Or no, or was that the Cardigans? Nina No, she did, yeah, she she did did the Christmas song. She did the Christmas song with Tom Jones. Burning Down the... Oh, I don't know about that one. I'm thinking of Baby It's Cold Outside. She did Baby It's Cold Outside with Tom Jones. I think she did Burning Down the House. Maybe that was... um, 
Nina Pearson of the Codicans with with him. Okay, I'll, um, I'll go. But, I'll go with you. I'll go with are. your um, no. with your knowledge. On that. <laughs> anyway, but that's the last time I'm going to try and roll my R's. That's for sure. I'll I'll I'll, I'll call on a professional like Maria to come and do it. Anyway, uh, right, my number, what are we on, number seven? My number seven, I love Prince, and I had to have a Prince song. So this is called Gold by Prince. God, that sounds like a proper radio thing now. This is called Gold by Prince. Um, <laughs> I've, 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 I've warm, it's cold. Yes. And I love, I, 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 Prince is one of those people that you, obviously, he's another one that we've lost but you sort of think, what would he be doing now? He'd just be carrying on making just amazing music. One of the one of the bands, one of the people that I would love to have seen live, never got a chance to see live. I don't think there's anybody else that's been as talented as that guy, all wrapped up in one tiny little five foot two uh, person. Uh, but this is a great, great song. Real good uh, single. I mean, he, he made so much music. That I don't think not not all of it stuck as great, but even his mediocre stuff was better than a lot of people's great stuff. Does that make I don't know if that makes sense. Why not? It does. But I don't know. You guys are you Prince fans, Maria? I can appreciate him. Um, I can't say that I'm specifically a fan, but he is an immense talent, mm. and I anything that I listen to of his or any performance I watch, I'm just amazed. Yeah just he had everything yeah, to play I've got, everything not a massive fan but I've got friends you're on yeah sorry no that's right don't apologise <laughs> it's, it's your opinion Ross it's fine it's fine okay I'll, I'll quickly yeah. get rid of that one then Ross so is it called cold <laughs> no gold is the song called cold or is it cold gold. chill gold oh gold yes I see all that glitters ain't gold Okay. Well, you're in the right decade. You could have gold in um, in the 80s version of this as well, couldn't you? Spend you could have then, yeah, but we're doing 90s, Ross, just to let you know. <laughs> yeah. I'd have preferred the other, but yeah. <laughs> oh, well, never mind. Uh, go on then, Maria, your number six, please. Mm, taking a departure from the Screamy, just for a bit, is uh, California Love by Dr. Dre and Tupac. Okay. Okay. It's, it's a bit nostalgic, for me um i mean all of them are it's a combination of whatever but anytime i think of so when i grew up in spending my time in los angeles i lived in like south central los angeles like just like right in that area and so i don't know it just brings back all of those summers that i would spend in la so what's it what's it like growing up in la then because uh, obviously, well, from 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 the UK, we we get all our visions of what it's like to live in like Los Angeles from movies and TV mm-hmm. shows. I'm imagining it's not 100 percent like that. No, <laughs> uh, it depends on where you are and what your uh, income level is. Um, but where we lived, it was. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with like the what or the the LA riots in '92. Yeah. Yeah. So where we lived, like that was kind of that epicenter for it. Oh and so God. like when when they talk about like Watts, particularly in Los Angeles, like in that area, a lot of like um, rap artists talk about that. We were like a couple blocks just outside of Watts, Los Angeles. And so it was all manner of like, you know, Section 8 housing, which is, I think, God, what is it called here? It's um, 
it's 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 subsidized housing. Um, right. Okay. So like and, council houses. That, yes, that, council yeah. houses. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so not necessarily all that glamorous. It was a bit, um, you know, we'd have the police helicopters circling most days. Um, but I never knew any different of Los Angeles. Like right. if I thought of Hollywood yes. or, you know, all of the like the fancier areas, it, that to me was not L.A. I grew oh. up in South Central. I grew up like, you know, in the grimy. I don't want to call it grimy, but like in the grittier areas, I suppose. Yes. And that's the just le- always how glamorous. I knew it. The less glamorous. Yeah. yeah, yeah less yeah. glamorous. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, but I'm I loved assuming it. that places like Hollywood and that must feel like they're thousands of miles away, even though oh, they're God, probably yeah. just, a, just a few. Yeah. I mean, traffic notwithstanding. Yeah. Like it just felt like a complete other world compared to where we were, you know, because again, my dad drove, you know, a lorry, he was a lorry driver. And so, you know, I'd spent most of my time at loading docks waiting to go like pick up and get loaded and then get on the road. Right. And so that's, that's all I really ever saw of LA. There you go. Ross. Yes. Where do you live? <laughs> I was gonna. <laughs> well, I didn't know if you were going for another song. Um, I was wondering. No, yeah, I was wondering what you thought of uh, of Tupac and California Love more than anything else. <laughs> we'll, we'll get onto your social security number and your uh, yeah. and your tax bracket and that a little bit later on. Is that all right? Yeah, absolutely okay, fine. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not. I don't know. I don't know them. Um, badly to say. I'm going to probably have such... I'm going to get the... Everyone's going to have the impression of me having such a closed mind when it comes to music. I have a very eclectic music mix and taste, but... Um, so I know who Jan, Django Reinhardt is, who had two fingers as a as a guitarist because of the... He did the music for the... Um, uh, what's the basketball team? He did all the tricks. Harlem Globetrotters. Mm-hmm. So the music was done by him. 1920s. So I know stuff like hang that. On minute, hang on a minute. He had two fingers. I've never yeah, heard of was, this guy. What was his name? Sorry, Django. I think it's Django Reinhardt, two-fingered okay. jazz guitarist. Two-fingered jazz guitarist. Okay, okay. Yeah. Right. And so I know stuff like just making things up. Now. <laughs> I, know, I know stuff like that, and I know like ethereal music and stuff like that. But and then you can say to me, "Tell me a song by Depeche Mode," and I would struggle to come up with something. Yeah, I, so, um, so yeah, I, I think I just focused it on probably lame bands that no one cares about rather than bands that people actually know and are, are considered good. I feel like we're swimming in the same pool. Uh, I was going to say, like, just because people know them doesn't mean they're good. <laughs> no, no, that's that true. true. That's true. That is that's, true. Uh, yeah. That's fair enough. But that's a good one. Okay. Um, Ross, your number six, please. <laughs> I think. Is it number six? It is your number uh, six, yeah. It is number six. Um and uh, just to reinforce that point, uh, She's the One by Robbie Williams. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it's a great song. See, what happened in the, in the 90s, when my sister was a massive Take That fan. And, um, and obviously everyone was crying in the street when they split up and stuff like that. And, and I was, you know, not sad at all. But I followed Robbie Williams afterwards. Um, and yeah, that, that song was great. And it had the, the video that accompanied it was the ice skaters and it was it had the, on the b-side was um uh 
It's Only Us, which was the theme tune to the FIFA 99 game. That's right. In which Robbie Williams played for Port Vale. And I loved that song and I couldn't find it anywhere. So when I found that A and B uh, CD, that was great. And then I could listen to that song. But also this was like, wow, I love that song as well. So that was good. But again, it, it was just a song that I used to listen on the way to Tesco's, listen to on the way to Tesco's when I used to work in my evening part-time job and uh, so yeah just played it over and over probably sang it out loud a lot on the walk because no one would, would be around so yeah not the high bit but most of the most and of it, it was a it was a cover version as well was it From, oh, I didn't know that. now I gotta try and remember is it World band called World Party Can you remember a band called World Party Kurt Wallinger I think was the lead singer yes I did know that actually but not Kurt Wallinger yeah, I'm pretty sure that's uh, that's who it is. Great song. I mean, I was I'm I was I am a big Robbie fan, but he can be a bit hit and miss. I must admit, mm. uh, much better at that time of his career. Yeah, yeah. His first few albums were with well, it was Guy Chambers. Chambers. He wrote everything, and yeah, and and it told when he didn't have Guy anymore. Um, it went downhill. Did you ever ever hear the Heavy Entertainment Show album, which was his last, I think, proper full album from a few years ago? That was back with Guy Chambers. Oh, I knew he'd got back. I haven't heard it. It is because he had a load great, of great. Yeah, yeah. The uh, I was going to say dirt box. I didn't mean that at all. It's rude, rude box, box is called. Yeah. Not and he's got he's got a couple of tracks on that thing. same album. There's a couple of tracks on that same album, the eighties and the nineties. Yeah, where he talks about being a kid. He, he sort of obviously sings about being a kid, and his mum telling him he's got into the band, and and then the nineties when he's stealing and smoking and doing drugs mm. and stuff and it was really quite quite nice um autobiographical songs but yeah the rest of the album and rude box was pretty pretty dire yeah but there is some like i say i would recommend having a listen to that heavy entertainment show because there's some really really good tunes on <clears> it. <throat> um okay my number we're on six aren't we yeah my number six um another guy that's just not with us anymore and you did hear a little bit of it on the uh, on the clips uh, George Michael and uh, Freedom 90. Now, I could have chosen so many different George Michael <laughs> songs, Fast Love, as things like that from the 90s. Um, and this one yes. just crept in because it was 1990, this one. But it's such a good tune. It's, I mean, got a nice groove to it. It's got a good story to it because it's all about him with Wham and then breaking up and then getting a new face for MTV. And again, I don't think you'll have anybody that'll have a voice like George Michael again. He's just one of those guys that has so much talent and unfortunately, unfortunately not with us anymore. Uh, so, yeah. Maria, fan? I <clears throat> I like him, but I can't say specifically that I'm a fan. I wouldn't right. seek him out to listen to, but when no, he's no. on, I'm not angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair enough. So you were, did you ever listen to Wham stuff or was that a bit too early for you? Only, only in the terms of Whamageddon. Oh, right. Okay. You know, trying to avoid, <laughs> trying to avoid the song, but so the uh, it was, it was a little Wham, early. Yeah. The only way you get to Wham is if you're trying to not listen to one of their songs. <laughs> I mean, yeah. pretty much because then they were just playing everywhere. That's, that's cool. I mean, Ross, I mean, I suppose again, you're a bit too young for, for Wham. No, I, I mean, I like the, I love the older album. Um, Oh, Wham! You're talking about George Michael. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, like, like Wham. Yeah. I like Wham, but I like I, I did hear. I know quite a lot of Wham songs, and Mum used to play it when I was younger. But um, I actually um, knew when George Michael was found. Uh, what was it? Boxing Day or the day after? Wasn't it mm. that year he died? I actually knew he died 
two days earlier. Ross, are you are you no, confessing not, something? Day early. Yes, this is being recorded. Earlier. My friend Ross. was working. My friend was working for the ambulance service at the time, and he messaged me to say that they found a, a body, and it was a you know it's going to be big news. And then it wasn't. It was the day before, so it was like nine, ten hours later that right. it then came out into the news. So I, I was like sitting on this sitting on this news, and uh, at Christmas time as well. So yeah, it was quite um, quite a funny time. Oh, it's hilarious. I mean, it's family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was when we had that that whole spate of. Uh, wasn't that the same year that like Bowie died at the start of the year? And yes, it was. Yeah, Carrie Fisher died, and then Debbie Reynolds, her mum, died the following day, and it was just like every celebrity was shitting themselves, wondering what the hell's going on. Yeah, and then, I think George yeah. Michael was Christmas Day. I think something like that. It was, yeah, it was Christmas Day. I think. It, day. I, yeah, twenty sixteen. Yeah, I think it. I think, it, I think the news came out. I think the news came out on like late Christmas Day. Yeah. Or something, and I knew Christmas Eve that he'd been there'd been a call out. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, Probably Freedom ninety. What a great song. I like. I like George Michael. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, go on then. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Maria, your number five, please. <clears throat> All right, getting back into the yelling and the screaming. Um, Rage Against the Machine, um, Revolver. So this is off of their second album, Evil Empire. And there are so many other popular songs on that album, but I don't know what it was specifically about that song. I think it was part of the chorus, which is, Hey Revolver, 
don't mothers make good fathers, which is basically a commentary, like when you think about it on gun violence and the songs about domestic violence and and stuff like that. Rage Against the Machine doesn't exactly do happy songs, um, but it was just such a good song. And Zach de la Rocha, speaking of rolling your R's, Zach de la Rocha's, um, (laughs) just his way of his delivery is just, I don't know. I just love it. I love Rage. They're probably one of my all-time favorite bands. Are they? Yeah. I don't know about you, Ross, but I only know one of their songs, which is obviously the the big one that was number one at Christmas here that one year. (laughs) Yeah, which was uh, uh, Kidding in the Name of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because every year X Factor was getting number one, so Rage um, released that to try and get everybody so that it, it wasn't an X Factor number one for Christmas, and it won. It was it was Christmas number one that particular year. Um, How appropriate! Exactly, it is totally appropriate. Right. Um, Ross, are you a Rage fan? Nah, same with you. Yeah, I'm in your shoes there. <laughs> Yeah, the thing is, it's, you do feel apologetic, then you feel like you should no. say sorry because there's so I know, many people not know that are massive fans of Rage Against the Machine. If this was a top 10, you know, favourite colours, I'd be able to talk for ages. But, um, <laughs> and I'd have an opinion on, I'd have opinion on turquoise or whatever. So. Yeah. I mean, the thing I mean, is... When, oh, go on, Maria. Oh, it's, I mean, that's totally fair. You know... It, Music is so subjective and, you know, we all, we all place our, our certain emotions or attachments on them. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I don't like something about being slightly outside of the norm that I like quite a bit when it comes to music. Like I want someone who doesn't have a great classic, you know, a classically good voice, or I want the sound to be a little bit off. I don't know. Apparently I like, like, slightly wonky and broken things <laughs> so i don't know <laughs> i think the thing as well is you listen to you listen to um cds and stuff like that so i buy cds and if you know loads of different bands and artists and stuff it's generally because you hear radio music a lot as well as buying cds but I, I I kind of got this. I had this phase where I just couldn't be bothered with listening to the radio anymore because I just got bored of music, of like new music, and I just kept listening to the Beatles and and songs uh, that I like and, and and albums I had. So probably just stunted my you know musical vocabulary. I think. Yeah, I'm also I'm a lazy listener as well. I I find it very hard to unless an album, a brand new album, or an album that. Which was the one that I listened to? I, I gave Radiohead a go. OK, Computer, because I just they're, they're the, for me they're the most overrated band ever. Is Radiohead? And Neil said to me, "Try listen to this one." So I spent an afternoon of listening to Radiohead songs songs at work, and I just it just didn't penetrate. I, it, it, I oh. it, do you know what I mean? There was just nothing about it, and I thought I'm not I'm not getting anything out of it. There's no hook to it. And then the, I think the following day I listened to a Taylor Swift album and I thought, this is really good stuff. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I never thought it'd be a Swifty. I really didn't. But That's how I feel about Harry Styles. So I, I actively avoid it because I'm not a boy band listener. Speaking of like, mm. you know, yeah. not getting stuck into weird things. When everybody was listening to boy bands, when they were so popular in like the 90s and the early 2000s, 
I was listening to the monkeys. Like that was, that is still one of my favorite groups of all times. I don't care if they were manufactured. Um, But so I actively avoided like one direction. I've still never heard one of their songs, but I love Harry Styles. Right. Right. But the thing is a good song is a good song is a good song for me. It doesn't matter who does it and what kind of genre it is, but the trouble is, and I've said this before on these music uh, top tens that we do, the ima- there's probably a song out there that if I listen to it, that would be the greatest song I've ever heard. But I've never heard it because I won't open myself up to listening to all these different songs and different yeah. albums. But yeah, um, gone the rush. I thought, I thought you were gonna. Oh, sorry. I thought you were gonna say a good song is a good song forever. Oh right. So yeah, the office, but not. not I could have. I could have said that. It would have been a lot better. Um, <laughs> number five, please, Ross. Uh, Park Life by Blur. Um, it was obviously again school time. It was the battle of Oasis and Blur. It has um, Phil Daniels in it as the guy who does the talking bit, uh, who was then in EastEnders and played Grandad Trotter in Rock and Chips later as well. Um, yeah, I just think it's a fun song, and um, and I think you're either in one camp or the other at school and. I don't think I was in either camp, really. I, I kind of like both, but um, I did want Blur to win because I think there was an arrogance of Oasis that uh, they thought they were going to come out on top. So I kind of liked the underdog and, and went for Blur. You were a Blur boy, were you? Oh, for that, for that particular battle, yeah. Were you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, Maria, are you a Blur fan? I love Blur so much. They are, they're again, talking about like music that I've, you know, come to on my own. They were one of those bands that I came to on my own. And I still, to this day, listen to them. They seem to me to be one of the quintessential sort of English bands. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't (laughs) sing with any kind of accent. Well, you know, a a forced accent. It's just his, Mm -hmm. his own accent. And I think it makes him, makes him very British. I mean, I was, I was sold that whole oasis versus blur thing and i i was definitely on the oasis side although i loved some of blur stuff was fantastic i think i had i bought all their albums as well as all of oasis albums but some great stuff yeah. it, it was all a manufacturer uh, i mean we find out now that there wasn't and like between the two bands there wasn't any animosity it was just all done by record companies and it did exactly what it was supposed to do made everybody buy more records because like you said, Ross, you wanted a certain band to beat the other band, so you go out and buy the stuff. It's just there was a there was a Netflix show yes. um, called I think it's called This Is Pop, and it was a mini, it was a little docu series, and one of the episodes specifically centered on the um, Brit pop of the nineties, right. yeah, and yeah, yeah. it talked about like the the rivalry between Oasis and Blur. Mm. Cool. I can remember it at the time, like you say, with TFI mm. Friday, which was a, a, a Friday night sort of, yeah. what do you call it, entertainment show. And it, it was all about Oasis and Blur and Blur would play. And, uh, yeah. Simpler times. Damon Albarn's also got Icelandic citizenship, which is um, which ticks my box because I'm a massive fan of Iceland. And um, yeah, so he's got citizenship. He's got a house in Reykjavik there. A massive fan of Iceland. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Ross, come on. That's the most Ross thing I've ever heard you say. I'm a massive fan of Iceland. Why are you a massive fan of Iceland, Ross? It's just incredible. 
Oh, right. If you've never been to Iceland, I've been twice, 2008, 2000, well, last April I went. It's just, every time, well, both times I've been there, it's it's the only country I've said I want to live here and then made effort to try and find out how I could live there. Oh, right. Lots of holidays oh. I go and say, oh, I'd love to live here, Florida, Paris, whatever. But Iceland's the only one I've actually looked for jobs to see if I could do some working in Iceland, some working in the UK and going back and forth. But yeah, it's incredible, lovely place. There you go. Let's see, so, um, you learn yeah. something new about a person that you think you know everything about. It's <laughs> crazy. Um, okay, so my number five, carrying on the Oasis versus Blur. Um, many people that know me probably think this should be higher, but uh, I'm going to go for the classic Wonderwall at number five. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think there's much more that can be said about this song that hasn't already been said. The one thing I loved about Oasis singles, especially CD singles from the 90s, is they were like mini albums. That the uh, the CD tracks, there'd be four, maybe four or five CD uh, tracks on each album, uh, on each single, and every single song would be a brand new song that Noel Gallagher would have written. And they were fantastic. This CD single, I'll talk a little bit about something, another song a little bit later on, it had four songs on it, and every single song would have been a hit, at least a top ten hit, because they were such good, but they were just all just CD tracks. Weren't on the albums, mm. they were just part of the... Round Our Way, I think, was one. Um, I can't remember the other ones, apart from another one, which I'll mention a little bit later on. Classic tune. Right, so, I mean, we're saying Blur Oasis, Ross, but you did you like Oasis as well? You just preferred Blur? Oh, Blur? yeah. I mean, I, I think, I mean, Oasis are my favourite of the two now. Um, having, you know, I've been to see them play at the City of Manchester Stadium and I, 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 I grew to like the arrogance of Liam Gallagher and, 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 and Noel as well. And actually, oh, I can't say about it, uh, just in case I ruin it for people. But um, there's a little link between Peter Kay and Noel Gallagher, which I saw at the weekend. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love Oasis now. And, um, and I still like Blur. There's nothing, you know, you don't stop liking music, really, do you? You, you keep, no. you know, if you like something, you like it and stay liking it generally with music. But, but yeah, Oasis are fab. I'm surprised you didn't play the Mike Flowers version, though, of Wonderwall. No, that was in, that was in my top 10 cover versions. I had that in my top 10 cover versions. Um, it's Did a great you? song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially when they tried to sell it that this was the original version. Exactly, and yeah. had copied it off of them. Yeah. <laughs> Go on then, Maria. Uh, Oasis fan? Yeah, actually. I do. I like them. I like them a lot. Um, and I really, I, I, I thought long and hard about, you know, whether I should include them. I know I suppose that's giving me giving me away that I didn't, but they, you know, I there was a good handful of songs that I was like, oh, this is a good one. I, mm-hmm. I like them a lot. I yeah. like uh, probably a lot of Americans that you've probably spoken to, there is I I was probably a bit of an Anglophile, you know. I, I guess we like what's not directly in front of us at all times. And mm. so you hear an accent and you kind of perk up. Um, but I did, I, I still like them a lot. And yeah. when I started learning to play guitar, that was kind of the running joke. Like, are you going to learn to play Wonderwall? <laughs> so I've actually <laughs> avoided learning to play Wonderwall, Wonderwall for now. Um, but it's always like, so anyway, here's Wonderwall. That's the thing. Well, the thing is like, one thing I love about Noel Gallagher is that he uses a lot of simple chords 
that people with stubby fingers trying to play guitar can play because it's normally it's not E minor, A minor, C, D, G, and then you can pretty much play any Oasis, well, not any Oasis song, but most Oasis songs. Um, yeah, it's just a fantastic song. And I'll come to that when I talk a little bit later on as well. I don't want to, the spoilers. Um, go on then, Maria, your number four, please. Keeping up with the uh, Blur v. Oasis, I have Girls and Boys by Blur. Wow, is this four. is becoming... We should have just done the top 10 Oasis stroke <laughs> songs. Surely <laughs> yeah. I didn't realise that. It's okay. It's just, it's just such a fun song. It like, I, I don't really have much else other than... I love Damon Albarn's voice, and just it's just so fun. I mean, they, they went through a, an amazing array of, like, Country House was another great song. Um, mm. There's No Other Way. Um, oh, Tender was another. I mean, they got Tender. so many, so yeah. many great tunes. Um, I mean, obviously, we know your feelings. I, mean, I love the disco-y-ness of this song as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Have you um, have you shaped your snake hips to this one, Ross? <laughs> yeah, quite, quite a lot, actually. Um, uh Pavo made a joke about me having snake-like hips, uh, Maria, um, because of my svelte body, I think. Um, very sinewy sinewy legs, like Willow. Um, <laughs> svelte but, but yeah, body, I, 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 I love it. I think, isn't that, that's, what, that's on your Tinder probably, profile, I mean, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, svelte body, Willow-like legs. Yeah. Oh, lordy, lordy. No teeth, yeah. no hair. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I probably danced to this in my room by myself quite a lot. I should think. What a bit like Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Do you have it like tucked in <laughs> as exactly. you're doing all that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many visions going through my head now. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have that vision in my head after tonight. Okay, that's your number four, please. My Which Oasis or Blur is, song is it? It's uh, it's neither. It's uh, Driftwood by Travis. Oh, great tune. Ninety-nine. I mean, obviously, that whole album is fabulous. And um, why does it always rain on me? Which I think is track seven was a contender. Uh, track one, I can't remember what that was. Um, but but that was great. But Driftwood, I think track four, is is great. I just love this, love it. I I sing it uh, again. Another one I used to sing on the way to work and sing on the way home from work, unless I was chased by anyone. <laughs> police usually, but, <laughs> but police. The police usually, yeah. There goes Buffalo Bill. There he is. Quick, let's, let's grab him. He's getting it, away it on its sinewy more... legs. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Untuck was, yourself, man. <laughs> it was more. Uh, it was more local Utes who would um, try and get me on either side of the bridge. So they, they'd uh, a group of them would stand at one end of the bridge, and then the others would run over to try and get me over the other side of the dual carriageway. So oh I had to try God. and cross oh, the dual. This is I had, try, I had to try and cross the dual carriageway before they could run over the bridge for safety. Jesus. So um, you're running, going history if word. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So then I bought a car, and then I could just uh, listen to this and and um, and relative safety. So. Driving past and going, "Fuck you!" <laughs> yeah, and then they slashed my tires, obviously. But that's oh, fine. obviously, well then, bless them. 
goodness me. Yeah. What album is this from? Which was, is it The Man Who? Yeah. Is that the album? Great this is, yeah, that's from The Man Who. Yeah. yeah. And then they did, um, the next one was great as well. They did 12 Memories, um, which I, I liked. That was probably my favourite album. They had an album before this. So it's, there's a lot of bands. I think you mentioned, who's your second, who's your number 10? Was it Crazy or number nine? You're, you had Crazy, didn't you? And yeah, you yeah, yeah. talking about bands that have been around a lot longer than you realise. And Travis had an album beforehand, which actually was a really good album. Um, Snow Patrol. Like, there was that album of Snow Patrols that came out late 90s. And then that Chocolate and Run and things on, like that on it. But they had two or three albums beforehand. Mm. And then I got into Modest Mouse in like 2000 something. And then I found out they had like loads of albums beforehand as well. So it's it's uh, it's funny when you find out that the big hit album is is only what you've heard, but actually there's a whole history before. It's quite nice with so, that. I mean, I'm going back way way back, but I can remember when I first started getting into Billy Joel, and that was with the Innocent Man album. That was 1983 or whatever it was. And you didn't realise that there was like. 10 years of albums before that <laughs> so you can go back and listen to all this stuff that you thought oh well, i thought that was his hit in in the uk but he's got his whole career before that so it's, yeah it's like opening I mean, up a brand new present my daughter's nine and she's got into dolly parton uh i, I dare i don't tell her that there's about five million albums that she's got to listen to <laughs> beforehand how did she so, get into dolly parton i don't know is it one specific She's, song or? No, she loves all of them. She loves Life is Like a Butterfly. Obviously, Jolene she likes, but she's she just listens to it on Spotify or YouTube. Um, oh, so God. she's listening to that. She's watching Frasier with me. Oh, my and, God. Um, I've got a, she's watched the whole of Frasier, all, all 11 series of that. So I love that show. It's, uh, it's good. It's fantastic. And they just... I, have, I often quote... Um, there, there's a scene where Niles gets his coffee and he comes and sits down and he's like, I specifically asked for a whisper of cinnamon and they've given me a full-throated <laughs> shout. And like, just like, I think of that every time I order coffee from somewhere. Very good. Very oh, good. so brilliant. Uh, right, yeah. my number four, um, we're going back to one that, um, that Ross actually had of Robbie, uh, but it's Angels. I, and my family wouldn't... Um, <laughs> they would disown me if I didn't have have this one in here. So this is one that I've I've sung a million times, and I think because because I've sung it so many times, it's almost become like you take this song for granted because I've heard it like just so many times. It's always in my in my head, but it is a great song. Now it's one of those things that I don't know American wise. With, um, Maria, whether it's a song that has travelled over to America, I don't. I don't remember if this one did. I know that there was like one or two, but I don't think this was one of them. No, probably Dirtbox. Dirtbox. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Robbie. I didn't mean to call it. It was called, <laughs> it was called Rude Box. <laughs> but he did try because he tried to break America, didn't he? Once he'd left. Yeah, that. and I don't obviously. I mean, he lived in LA for a while, didn't he? But I don't think that was more. He, um, he hosted a UFO show, didn't he? UFO show. Yeah, he was like a UFO finder. Oh, really? Was he? Yeah, yeah. He got. He, he, he kind of oh, before he came back with a load of albums. He had like he did TV shows about UFOs and working with some guy trying to track them, and yeah, went a bit odd. That's right. I can remember that. Yeah. 
But yeah, so yeah, I had to have that on my uh, on my top ten. Really, it was uh, my friend was in um, rehab um, for addictions, and um, Robbie Williams was in there at the same time and performed "Angels" apparently bef- to to the, to the group in rehab before it was released. Really? Wow. Yeah, like a exclusive. Wow. And yeah. what did they all think? They all did they say hit? <laughs> I mean, I didn't mean it as. <laughs> give us a hit Robbie <laughs> and he goes okay I'll sing this for you no I didn't mean that Robbie yeah. okay Maria your number three please oh my number three okay so I I struggled with this one because I still it, it came out in 1999 um, but I always think of it more as a 2000s on song right but I really love this band um, so I had to include them and the song is called Never Die by Tiger Army. And so I have I think I've mentioned them probably before, but they're in a genre called psychobilly. Um, and so it's kind of a melding between punk rock and country music or rockabilly. And his voice is just amazing. It's so soft, but he can get really gritty with his voice and his guitar playing is just phenomenal and this song particularly highlights the ability to just have that fast driving punk rock like power chord riff and then go into finger picking and and kind of transition between the two and i actually have his signature um gretsch electromatic um jet um he had one that he he produced and it sounds so good, even in my feeble, feeble hands. <laughs> but he's he's amazing, and that whole band—they're just—they're so fun. I've, I've, I mean, I've never heard of them before. Um, no, I wrote it down so I can have a listen to it after. Well, and remember, anyone on our Patreon, we've got the video playlist that you'll be able to um, listen and watch all of these amazing artists. So, uh, is that a guy on his own, or is that is it a band? They're a trio. And so oh, right. he he's primarily the head guy. Um, and then he had he's he kind of cycled out um, the bass and the drummer. So the bass player is plays the upright bass. Right. And um, and so I don't think that those two have always been the same. But he's always been the mainstay, of course, because he's the one he writes all the songs. He, you know, he produces all of it. And and so Nick 13 is his kind of front man name but he also has a solo americana album that is just phenomenal it's so good um but yeah they're easily one of my favorite bands intriguing after to have to uh i was gonna say uh ross are you a fan of tiger army but i'm i mean i'm more familiar with tiger bomb but fair enough okay yeah um go on then ross number three please uh, number three is my favourite game by the Cardigans. You love the Cardigans, don't you? Yeah. I do love the Cardigans, yeah. yeah. Nina Pearson. Well, it, I love any Scandi band, so I think um, bands from Norway, Sweden, always tick my box. Um, it's just a good feel-good song. Uh, when I got my car and, yeah, you start the engine to that, wind, wind the window down because it's, you know, a Nissan Micra D-Reg. <laughs> And um, and then you just kind of leave your foot on the gas while you hold the brake down, and then you let go, and this pumps out. It's, you feel like you're really cool, cool as Moby, probably. Probably, <laughs> probably. I've just I, I've and, got the movie scene in my ha- head now. 
that you open, you, you close the door, you turn the key, <laughs> wind the window down. I've got one of those pull-out clutches as well. Yeah, fine. And, and you're scooting down the road with this blaring and then just like gangs of kids chasing you because <laughs> they want to get at you. <laughs> I can yeah. just see it. I can storyboard it for you if you want. Memories. Yes. Good um, you know. And I, I think it was also, I'm sure it was like an advert for like an, the next episode of, of Friends or something like that. Every time you had, like if you watched the Paramount Comedy Channel, it would there would always be like a, a particular song that would be played with clips of different, up you know, different programs and it would be the same it would be played constantly through the day. So it would like show a clip from Just Shoot Me and a clip from Ellen and something else. And so that song, I think, was always used in an advert kind of setting as well. But um, but yeah, I, just, I thought it was brilliant. Okay. Uh, a fan, Maria? I like them. I like them. They're, they're, they're one of those bands for me that are encapsulated in the 90s and I don't necessarily like take them with me past that. But... In that time, I remember really heavily listening to them, and like, was it that and Love Fool? I believe was Love also Fool. Love Fool. Yeah, um, Erase and Rewind, and all as well. Yeah, they're they're very talented. Like they're they're a great band. Um, yeah, I listen to them a lot. Okay. Yeah, they're all right. They did a cover with uh, <laughs> they did a song with Tom Jones called "Burning Down the House." Ah, uh, they were the ones that did the song. Did you check that? Yeah. Did you double check that? Did you? You sourced that. I knew us. it. I knew it. I didn't have to yeah. double check. I think, yeah, yeah. Karis Matthews <laughs> did the Christmas one. I'm pretty sure she did the Christmas one. That's right, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. My number three. So uh, this is a song that I had to put in because of the missus, because of the wife. Um, I've, I've, I've danced with my wife to this song in an empty cinema screening because uh, it's also the movie, if you listen to our Kevin Costner uh, podcast, which was a couple of weeks ago. And it was number one for like 85 weeks, I think. Um, it's everything I do, I do for you. Brian Adams from the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves soundtrack. It's, it's one of those songs. I mean, it's not, it's not a great song, but it's one of the songs that actually has so, much, so many memories for me. It's mine and my wife's song. It's from one of my favourite movies. Um, and like I say, we went and saw Robin Hood. Everybody left. And at the end of the movie, this song plays it to its entirety. So me and my missus had a little smooch when there was oh. no one else about and somebody was sweeping up popcorn around. I was just going to say, did someone come <laughs> with a hoover? Break the moment. So it's one of those things. It's, it's just one of those memories that from, I can't remember what year it was, that movie came out, 94? I must have been when we first Yeah, I was going to say 94. Yeah, we were, we were first married. But yeah, it's, it's always had that memory um, in there for me. So I had to have it in there, really. Otherwise, and do you do uh, that every so often? Go back to the cinema to to uh, dance? Not not today's prices. You must be joking. <laughs> <laughs> you can go to View. Go to View, and it's four ninety nine for any adult. Is it really? Anytime. Yeah. Well, maybe if they bring back Ro- uh, Robin uh, Robin Hood again, I might do that. But uh, yeah. Okay, then Maria, your number two, then please. My number two is I have two tattoos of them on my body. Um, they. I remember exactly where I was when I first heard this song, and that is Basket Case by Green Day. Okay. They are, I, I don't know. I've, they have just been a band that I have always loved from the moment I heard Basket Case, like 
you know, and I mean, I was 10 years old and that song came out and I was like, what is this? And it's just made an imprint. I love it. Billy Joe is just so, again, talking about imperfection. I had the biggest crush on Billy Joe Armstrong, particularly when his teeth were all fucked up. Right. And now he's now he's rich and he can afford to have, you know, them fixed. And so he's not as cute to me anymore. But um, but he just he was just so scruffy and like <laughs> and so like scraggly and just a little dirty. And I don't know. I just I love them because they didn't take themselves super seriously. And they just sang about, you know, feeling crazy or masturbating so much that they go blind or, you know, who said that? others. Who said that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get, we did that. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you very much, Ross. <laughs> um, but they, yeah, they're just green day is just one of those tried and trues for me. I will mm. never not love them. I had no idea that bad teeth could be hot. So it's true. <laughs> it is absolutely true. Can you Amazing. spell something out when you take a bite of a piece of bread? I'm in. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. I can they're do that. Those... I can't roll my eyes. No. Damn it. Well, no. sorry. They're one of those bands that just seem to have always been there. Mm-hmm. And there doesn't ever seem to be a time before Green Day. That's the thing. It's really amazing. <laughs> but it's only, I mean, is it the night? Were they in the 80s as well? Late 80s, maybe? They may have been. I. They had, mm, possibly, because they, yeah. very late 80s, it would have to be. Mm. Um, 89, because, yeah. Because, yeah. There you go. Because they, they had, I think, a, like Sweet one children. other. Yeah, Sweet Children was the name of the was was the name of the band before they switched over to Green Day, and they I think they had one album before Dookie came out, which was their big like commercial success. Right. Nice. That's a good one, Ross. You a Green Day fan? I preferred Sweet Children. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did like it when they got all commercial and he fixed his teeth and that. That was my that's my take. Yeah. I've, I don't know, you know, if that aligns to anything you've said there, Maria, then uh, Marie, Maria, sorry, but Maria, yeah. Yeah. Maria, sorry, yes. oh, sorry. Good. I've been called yeah. worse. We've only been talking for an hour and 20 minutes, Ross. <laughs> I mean, it's not. No, I, I mean, I've been saying Maria, I think, and, and uh, I did say that just then. So I, then it just, I thought, oh no, there we go. Um, yeah, so if, if, if what I just said aligns with anything you've just said, then that's just coincidence. Um, yeah. Those are my own views, <laughs> and I stand by those views. <laughs> right then. Uh, go on, no, Ross, you're, like, number, you're number two, please. Oh. Number two is uh, Never Ever by All Saints um, from their album by the same name in 97. So I bought this on cassette, um, another one on cassette. And I actually bought two copies on cassette because I dropped one into the river when I was fishing and um, and I had to dry it out on the radiator. And I gave it to a girl um, and she said thank you and then didn't speak to me much after that either. So it didn't, didn't kind of work. Um, and I used to listen to it over and over when I used to have a job delivering leaflets. Um, and I think it's probably the only album that I know every word of every song on, um, including like a rap song in, in one of the songs. And, um, and many of the time I'd stand on my balcony and sing it to the local kids, uh, doing, all the rap, <laughs> doing all the rap actions. Um, so, yeah, no, I just love that song. It's just... It's just uh, it's it's the title track it's it's just the the one way that takes me back straight away yeah it's a good tune it is a good tune <laughs> i mean i don't know whether they ever made it in america did they maybe? i really don't believe so Mm-mm. no no um and one of them one, 
They had the old Spice Girls battle as well, didn't they? They, they did. Just... And one of them was married to uh, Liam Gallagher to carry That's on right, the yeah. Oasis. Uh, was it Natalie Appleton? It was Natalie or Nicola. One of the Appletons. Yeah, one of the Appletons. Mm. There you go. Good tune. Well done, Ross, for that one. <laughs> no, I mean, no, well done. It was a really good tune. No, it is a good tune. I mean, I, I didn't mean to pull that face. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No, um, no, no, you didn't. No. I didn't pull it. I meant, I didn't mean to. I was just trying to. Okay, but it's a really good tune. <laughs> it doesn't matter how I say it now. It's going to sound like I'm taking the piss. I don't mean to. Okay, right. My number two, um, my number two and my number one are both my funeral songs. Just so that I'm putting it out now as a point of fact. So if my wife ever listens to this, she won't listen to it. Um, that is, it's there as point of fact that these that these are two. So this one is uh, my number two, uh, but it's by a band called U2, and it's one. Just to confuse it even more. <laughs> um, I can't hear this song without tearing up because it is just one of the most beautiful songs I think ever written and it's so simple to play as well it's all your simple easy chords as well it's your, it's your E minors and your C's and your D's and your G's oh but oh, I this know is, what I'm gonna go learn now yeah this is one of those <laughs> songs this is one of those songs that I, I I've said to my wife when I first heard it I said I, I want this to be played at my funeral I would love to be able to have my funeral before I die. Just so I could see who turned up is one thing. Um, yeah, no, I put no what kind things everyone says, how much collection money you get, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just just to know how how, how you, people feel about you. But how much effort have they made in their dress? Exactly. That's I want right. to see where the Ross comes with it all tucked inside while he's uh, coming down. <laughs> coming down the aisle? Do you go down the aisle of a, of a funeral? I don't think you do, do you? But but yeah, it's your funeral. You do what you want to do. I think I will. But it's a beautiful song from Actum Baby, um, and that, there's not much more I can say about it. It's just a beautiful song. So I'm going to have that as my number two. Okay, before we reveal our number ones, uh, Maria, would you like to give us a countdown of your number ten to number two? Ross will do the same. I'll do the same, and then we'll reveal our number ones. All right. So my 10 through two, number 10, Johnny Cash, I've Been Everywhere. Number nine, Garbage, Stupid Girl. Number eight, American Jesus by Bad Religion. Number seven, Nirvana, uh, Breed. And number six, California Love by Dr. Dre and Tupac. Number five, Rage Against the Machine, Revolver. Number four, Girls and Boys from Blur. Number three, Tiger Army, Never Die, which is also their catchphrase tiger army never die and number two green day basket case wonderful ross your 10 to 2 please okay i've got <clears throat> meatloaf i'd do anything for love but i won't do that <laughs> oh what a comparative uh zombie <laughs> by the cranberries uh number eight i've got porcelain by moby number six is number sorry number seven is road rage by catatonia number six is she's the one by robbie williams Five is Park Life by Blur. Uh, Travis with Driftwood in at number four. 
Number three is my favourite game by the Cardigans. And number two is Never Ever by All Saints. Wonderful. And mine is number 10, Crazy by Aerosmith. Nine, Keep the Faith, Bon Jovi. Eight, The Drugs Don't Work, The Verve. Seven, Gold by Prince. Six, Freedom 90 by George Michael. Five, Wonderwall Oasis. Four, Angels, Robbie Williams. Three, Everything I Do, I Do It For You, Brian Adams. And number two, One by U2. So, Maria, what is your number? I know, can't get more complicated than that. Maria, what is your number one 90s song? My number one 90s song is from a band who I have seen live like at least six or seven times now. Wow. I've kind of lost count. Um, and that would be Monkey Wrench by the Foo Fighters. Okay. And I did go to the Wembley tribute as well. You did. I did. That was, was we arrived. I cried like a bitch. Um, but you know, everybody in the stadium was also crying. I made friends with the people directly next to me who got increasingly more and more drunk as the night went on, as you are wont to do. Um, but yeah, it was very emotional and it was so fun. And Liam Gallagher was there, uh, Supergrass were there and they were, they were phenomenal. Um, it was really cool. But yeah, I love the Foo Fighters. I just like, speaking of bands that you have tattoos of, you know, I have their first album tattooed on my forearm. Nice. Dave Grohl's just one of those guys you want to, you know, I don't have a crush on him. I want to hang out with him and drink Crown and Coke. That's right. what I want to do. Have you ever watched the um, Hot Wings yes. show on, on YouTube? The one with Dave Grohl. Yes. Let's do another shot. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. just, I mean, I'm not, okay, I'll, for total transparency, I'm not, I'm, I don't know a lot of Foo Fighters songs. There's another one like Nirvana. I think if I, well, quite apt, it's like Nirvana. Yeah. If I listened to them, I probably would really enjoy them. But I think I'm like you, you just want to go out for a beer with Dave Grohl and just hang hang out with him. He just mm-hmm. seems to be just like a really, really good dude that just like loves doing what he does. Yeah. And it yeah. really shows just just the way that he talks about it. I've read his autobiography. Um, I actually was able to get tickets to see him speak about his book. So I got to see him right. play the drums to Smells Like Teen Spirit on I've seen stage. seen a video of that, yeah. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, but he's just so full of like life and wonder and just, he loves what he does and it really shows. Mm. Yeah, that's great. Ross, are you a fan of the Foo Fighters? Yeah, I do like them. Um, not as much as my friends. But you know, I go to pubs, very grungy pubs, and um, and my friends are really massive fans. Uh, but you know, while they're raving about that, I'm talking about you know Robbie Williams and Moby. I've got a tattoo of. <laughs> I've actually got one tattoo. And it's Moby. So I don't know if you can see that. <laughs> um, Fantastic. So, uh, yeah. No, thank you. It took a long time. I mean that is that is great because I love the way the tattooist has made it look like pen. That is amazing. No, yeah. I mean that's I mean that's top quality it's skill, tattooing. It's skill. Yeah, that is great. Did that hurt? Uh, it, yeah, it was quite quite painful. Yeah, um, but we listened to porcelain in the back, so I kind of dropped off. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Okay, I can let that one go. So wonderful. Monkey Wrench by the Foo Fighters is Maria's number one 90s song. So, Ross, which Robson and Jerome song have you chosen? (laughs) 
Um, it might be. It could be Jimmy Nail and Crocodile Shoes or something. You it don't could know. Be Jimmy Nail. Don't. Um, it's uh, it is Disco Two Thousand by Pulp. Oh, way up, Ross. You're you're on the way out. <laughs> but I take it that's by, no. by Pulp. Yeah, that's Disco Two Thousand by Disco Pulp. Two Thousand by Pulp. That's right. Yeah. And why? Uh, it's a it's just great, dancey, energetic. Um, the whole vibe of Britpop, and I, I just like Jarvis Cocker. The you know the it's that time of well, it's a, it was a bit earlier, but when he did the that little upstage with Michael Jackson at the Brit Awards, um, that like encapsulates just the whole of Britpop. I think for me, yeah, it's, I just I, love it. I'll, I will put that. I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. I will I will put that on the video playlist for people to to see because that was something of its time that was uh, Michael Jackson was doing Earth Song I think it was wasn't it? that's Earth right song? yeah Earth Song on stage and um, Jarvis Cocker got on stage and started <laughs> waving his waving his backside at him and stuff and then got I think he got thrown off the stage didn't he I think well he did they started to come over to him and then he sort of ran along a bit didn't he and ended that's it right. a bit, uh, well. but it was it was the childishness of the kind of hand waving that's right. as well it wasn't even yeah. just the arse it was just the it was that. It was so so funny. Oh dear! Uh, again, was pulp something that crossed over to the the US? I don't believe so. However, I do know who they are, and I like them quite a lot. Um, Common People is a really great song. I my personal yeah. favorite. I think Tough it, it might have been a B side, but it was Death Comes to Town. All right. Okay. I that's such a good pulp song and full transparency the only reason that i i'm familiar with them is i read a lot of fan fiction and um one of one of the people who wrote a particular piece of fanfic had centered it around that song and they mentioned that that's what they used and so i then went and did my own deep dive oh right okay so just explain to me exactly what, exactly what fan fiction is <sighs> isn't that it's, how twilight started wasn't twilight no that's how 50 shades of gray started that was yeah gray, that was fan right. fiction from twilight so i mean it can be anything it doesn't have to be necessarily sexual in nature but it is a person's um it is a person taking characters from a beloved um um for in my in my case comic strip that i really right. enjoy reading and they just you know, reimagine them in, in various other situations. And there's some really well-written pieces of fan fiction. And then there are some absolute shit ones. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this, yeah, it's, I got sucked in and I'm, I accept it. I accept any scorn given for that. So do you, because something like Fifty Shades of Grey, it doesn't say that it's a Twilight fan fiction, does it? No, I think it ended up turning into its own thing. People oh, liked right. it so much that it just became like its own its own standalone thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never read it. I just want to go on record as saying right. I've never read Fifty Shades of Grey. But I am familiar with like its its uh, source. Yeah, yeah. I've acted out the stage version of Fifty Shades of Grey. I've, I've not read it. On your own, to, to in your audience? bedroom, is what you're talking about, Ross, isn't off, it? Some, off, off the balcony again. <laughs> That's why all those people are chasing you. We want a sequel. They're going, we want a sequel. <laughs> okay. Uh, my number one uh, is another is my other song from my funeral. Um, it's going to be a hoot, my funeral, with one there. And also, but this isn't, this is a song that was on the Wonderwall CD single. This isn't a, 
uh, it wasn't even an album track. It wasn't a single, uh, but for me, it's the greatest Oasis song ever written, and it's called The Master Plan. Oh, um, yes, I love that. It's just got absolutely everything. Um, there is a great version when Oasis did Unplugged, and uh, Liam apparently had a bad throat, but he's up in the the gods of wherever they was doing it, and Noel had to do all the, the vocals, and he knocked it out of the park it's just a fantastic tune uh, and this is the other song that's going to be on my i don't know how many songs you're allowed to have in a funeral i don't know uh but there's two of them um, i think you can have as many as you want can you yeah i might have a couple more then i might have a robson and jerome one you never know i might have it stipulated in my will that I have whatever it was. Was it porcelain? Was the song that you were going to have? And I have Ross come down the, come down the aisle with it all tucked in to porcelain. Or that way, Moby. Would you mind if I have that in my will, uh, Ross? Would you do that for sure, me? Sure, no, go ahead. Thank yeah, you. that's all right. Thank you. We have a we have a, a witness in Maria as well. So. I will sign any affidavit I need to sign. <laughs> Thank you. <Yeah. laughs> I will fax it over to you immediately, Maria. Wonderful. So there you go. That's my number one. Um, let's go through some of the honourable mentions we had. Uh, Heidi Grande said, Damn, this is difficult. In the 90s, not only did I love me some Rage Against the Machine, Radiohead, Garbage and Nirvana, I also loved me some Lauren Hill, Alea, Biggie Smalls and Dr. Dre. And that's just the tip ding, 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 of the musical Iceberg. <laughs> Stu Grant said in no particular order, Enter Sandman, Metallica, No Good, Start the Dance, The Prodigy, Open Up, Left Field, History Repeating, The Propeller Heads, Songs of Love, The Divine Comedy, Locomotive, Guns N' Roses, Insomnia, Faithless, Teardrop, Massive Attack, Set in Sun, Chemical Brothers, Mr. Wendell, Arrested Development, and Phenomenon, LL Cool J. Kendra, right, Kendra Gross Tapia. Now, that's not how you say it, is it, Maria? How would um, you say it? Uh, tapia. 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 And would the gross have the <laughs> bit in it? No, it wouldn't. It would, <laughs> it, would, it would just be gross. I'm, I'm fairly certain that's, that's an American that's name. So yeah. Kendra Gross Tapia. Is that right? Yep. Thank you. Uh, she just says all of the Spice Girls songs. Very simple. Thank you, Kendra. <laughs> um, uh, after all that, uh, Brandon Watson says, oh my gosh, so many. Under the Bridge, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Around the World by Daft Punk, House of Pain, Jump Around, You Get What You Give by New Radicals, and of course, Richard Ascroft's timeless classic, Bittersweet Symphony. Oh, and my favourite drunken college karaoke song, Loser by Beck. Lisa Buchanan said, my 90s were pretty pretty eclectic. I could belt out a song by Shania Twain in one breath and Britney Spears in the next. Here are some of my favourites. She's So High by Tal Bachman. Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. Wonder War by Oasis. Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. Pretty Fly by Offspring. And Torn by Natalie and Bruglia. Karen Clark said the mid to latter half of the 90s were tough for me on a personal level, but here are 10 90s hits I liked. Stars, Simply Red, I'll Stand By You, Pretenders, uh, Barbie Girl, Aqua, Angels, Robbie Williams, Killing Me Softly, The Fugees, Living La Vida Loca, Ricky Martin, Mambo Number 5, or Mango Number 5, as my beloved other half insists on calling it, Lou Bega, Ness and Dorma, Pavarotti, Blue Savannah by Erasure, and You Make Me Feel Mighty Real, Jimmy Somerville. 
Nikki Dennis was Beck was a big part of my 90s for me. One of my favourite songs is Deborah from the album Midnight Vultures. I moved from Manchester to LA in the 90s and the song Don't Look Back in Anger by Oasis is iconic. Sorry, haha, that's fine. We'll let you have that one, Nikki. Not only at this time, but also since the tragedy at the arena a few years back, to around uh, to round out my top three, I'll throw in Amish Paradise from Bad Hair Day by one of the nicest guys in the biz, Weird Al, at 100% holds up and is beloved by generations. Audrey Pearson says, Mazzy stars fade into you, and mm, Warren G one. and Nate Dogs regulate were two of the best of the decade. Lindsay Pananen said, Battle Flag, also Beck, Mazzy Star, Bjork, The Spice Girls, The Beastie Boys, U2, Pearl Jam, Alanis Morissette, Jewel and Radiohead wink wink have there you go uh, had massive songs that defined a decade so much goodness this one is tough hats off to you both for tackling this top 10 I can't wait to hear thank you Lindsay and Kathy Cleary Fisher said anything by Oingo Boingo I feel like I saw them a million times at the San Diego State Amphitheatre Whew. There we go. We it's interesting, go. interesting that no one has gone for Out Here Brothers, Scatman John, or Right Said Fred. I'm too sexy for my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure those were number 11, 12, and 13 on your list, though, Ross, weren't they? Yeah, along with Shakespeare's sister as well. Of course, of course. Might but there said, you go. There you go. We've done it. Now, Ross has to earn his money now. So before we say our goodbyes, Ross, we'd like to tell everybody how they can get in touch with us and all that gubbins. Absolutely. You can find us on all social media at Top10Pods. So you can email us at top10pods at hotmail.com if you want to get in touch, send suggestions, or ask anything you like. Um, you can join our Patreon and support the podcast by going to www.patreon.com forward slash top 10 pods where there are great rewards such as bonus episodes, video playlists, limited edition merchandise, and you can be a guest on your very own episode like Maria here. <laughs> also, please come subscribe to us on YouTube, TikTok and all podcast providers wherever you get your uh, podcasts with links to those in the show notes. Thank you very much, Ross. Well done. Well done. Thanks. I, had, I, I Thanks. Know, have, have I got claps on you? Oh, no, that's not claps, is it? <laughs> Hang on. Let me have a look and see if i got claps. Have I got claps? Oh, there you go. Pavo's always giving me the, the claps. Well done, Ross. <laughs> well done, Ross. I'm glad I did that and I didn't thank you. do that instead. Thank you very much. Uh, Maria, <laughs> thank you so, so much for joining us. Thank, well, thank you for you being for a top me. head. Um, you'll come back and do another one, will you not? Absolutely. Yay! Wonderful. Because I'm just glad that you haven't just left us straight away and you've disconnected from the meeting and all stuff. Like that. It's, honestly, it's been so nice to, to meet you and to chat to you. So what have you got planned? What have, so Now, have we got to say congratulations to you as well? Oh, oh yes. So... I have spent the last six weeks just like just plowing through ding um, all of my personal <laughs> training certifications. So I have just completed my certified personal trainer um, certification, certification along with um, specializations in strength and conditioning, uh, glute training. So, Ooh. you know, if you want to get your butt right, it's, it's all, I'm, I'm all about it. Group exercise, um, nutrition, etc. I've been teaching yoga for eight years and because we move so frequently, I decided to add other specializations to my repertoire. Excellent. Oh, and have, you, uh, have you got a, a website or stuff like that? 
Well, myself personally, no. However, I do teach online uh, at honestsoulonline.com. And so we have all manner of yoga, fitness, live classes. So I teach live four days a week right now. Um, And we have quite a few other instructors as well who are incredibly talented. Excellent. Well, I'll put the link of that in the show notes. So if anybody wants to uh, check that out, they can just hit the link. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. No problem at all. That was wonderful. We've done the 90s now. So we've done 90s number ones, 90s albums, and now 90s songs. So we can say goodbye, 90s. We've got nothing else to see. (laughs) And I'm going to go and check out some of these these wonderful songs and videos that we can check out. So once again, Ross, thank you so much for joining me. No problem at all. Thanks for having me. Excellent. And thank you very much, Maria, for your support and for joining us. And we will see you again. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you very much, everybody else, for watching. Lovely to meet you, Maria. Love to meet you as well. And let's go start the countdown. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.